a big thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I just pressed the button there, Robert. Uh, are we on? We're on. Red Raw. Red Raw. Red Raw with Rob and Laura. Episode five. Five. Oh my God. We're flying it. Fair play to us. We're flying it. Still here. We've gone muffless. Yeah. So um, our microphones had. I just have to stop touching that there now. Uh, stop touching me, muff. My uh, our microphones had little. Had what would you? Are they called muffs? They're called muffs. Oh, yeah. taking them off. They're the. Um, how would you describe them? The yolks that go over. The the big black yolks and fluffy yolks yeah. that go over the mics. I'd call it a pop shield. Is that what it is? Yeah, but it's a muff. Well, anyway, we're it's gone muffless, muff, guys. It's come off. We are free of muffs because we think the sound will be better. Yeah. <laughs> muff free zone. Stop saying muff now. How are you? Did you have a nice week? Oh, yeah, I had a, a, a lovely week. Did you? It sounds just, like you didn't. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I was out running there this morning. I, oh, where'd you go? I goes from my house and I goes out towards Passage and I comes back and I could have a load. I was I was thinking loads of things because I knew I was coming up to you. Oh, what were you thinking? Um, I was looking at your stories, your hypochondria during the week. Oh, yes. Okay. Interesting. Loads? No, that wasn't the only thing. So I, I listen, I'd be listening to a few podcasts. Okay. Tommy and Hector. Amazing. And yeah. I listened to Brenda. And Julie. Because you said you listened to them. Yeah. It's mad. Mad. Delightful. And then I had my own thoughts. And then oh. I finished off listening to a bit of Jay-Z and <laughs> Biggie Smiles. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened to Biggie Smiles? Did he, he get shot? shot? Yeah. By who? I don't know. Tupac. Tupac. No, mm-hmm. Tupac. We'll bet it that stage. But they're after finding out who killed Tupac. Sorry, now to just not... We'll come back to my hypochondriac. They're after finding out who murdered Tupac recently, didn't they? It was in the news the other week. I, I didn't hear any more about it, though. What's the story? I don't know. I'd say there'll be a 10-part Netflix documentary okay. about it, and I will watch every single Tupac part. Tupac not still alive? Well, there was talk of that as well. Yeah. I'd say but that. back to your hypochondria. Okay. I was thinking. Did you fix it on your on your run? I fixed mine. Like I oh. had similar. I was thinking a similar. I, I remember right. Two thousand and eight. I started getting anxiety that year. Did you? Yeah. And. Hang on now a second. So yeah, you have to direct me because okay. you know I could goes off. Let's go on old tangents. <laughs> we say that Rob goes off in a little dinghy and <laughs> and, <laughs> and I go back, back out. And get, I mean, I'm, his little lifeguard goes back out after him and pulls the dinghy back in. 2008. Yeah. What age are you? I turned 30 in 2008, oh. and I was out in Marcia in Spain. I was doing. <laughs> 30k of the Spanish 50k championships the next day I was helping a guy so sorry you're still competing I this still is compete. still oh, yeah, while you're walking my, oh the height of it the height of it have you what have you won I haven't won anything so oh. that's nothing and I had so many near misses you know no, that's not technically true because you did win the mile in Cloche <laughs> things, but on a global level like, okay so you, you, you've no life. okay you've no world championships no I've nothing I've okay. nothing so if I kind of even though I had a good career. If I finished there and then, I would have never been remembered. Do you know what I mean? So there was a oh. big possibility that I'd probably been back working on a building site in my own head. Okay. So um, I remember I turned 30, I know, Mercia, and uh, genuinely in my life, I, I reckon I was only in floods of tears at my mum's funeral. And off the top of my head, I don't even know any other occasion. Oh. But I, just, I couldn't stop crying, Laura, for the whole oh. day. On my birthday, my 30th birthday. Oh. So... Uh, I remember ringing Marion and I was, but rationally in my head, I knew there was nothing wrong, but I, I was fierce upset. So that kind of developed on that year then. So, but you know now when you were there crying, was there something in your head that you were going, this is the cause of it? Or were you just like, I'm literally in floods of tears I, I here and I'm like, oh I didn't really? Know. Yeah, I didn't That's know That's scary. Why. So then I went through that year and I remember like I was racing that year and I started getting like sensations in my heart 
and thinking I was going to die. I remember racing national championships that year and going straight to the doctor afterwards and to get him to check my heart because I I didn't feel right. Mm. And then went down to the Olympics that year and led the Olympics at 14k and ended up eight. And I think this all built up and I uh, felt like a complete failure. Like, well, I coming eight? Like, if, yeah, because I, I've, I felt I should have won in a medal. And I think then when the time came, when the group went, I didn't have the bottle, which it wasn't the case, but in my head, this massive pressure to want to succeed and want to win. I finished eight, oh, still an unreal result, but didn't get a medal. So ultimately I still was... Still not known. Nothing, not mm-hmm. known. And I remember being out that night then, where, uh, we were in the Irish bar in Beijing. And I was out with it. I was 56 kgs, right? Ripped, My birth no. weight. <laughs> <laughs> and John John Evan, the boxer, boxed in oh, the Olympics. Yeah. And I remember pulling up my top. Two of us were the exact same weight. So says, John Joe, that's, that's a six pack, man. He says, where's your six pack? Messing, like. Mm. And he turned around to me and he says, right. He says, right, Rob. He says, you can hit me here and then I'll hit you. Oh. So I'm there standing and marrying. This ties into the race now and marrying. So my head was going, oh, your man's after challenging me here now. I'm going to crumble again like I, did the, like I did in the race. And Marion was like, Rob, take the dig. <laughs> <laughs> so just before I got to give an answer, and I wasn't going to take it, right? But I was half terrified. Yeah. And he patted me on the back and he says, don't worry, Rob. He says, I'd never hit a man outside the ring. And everyone laughed. And I had a sense of like relief. Okay. But a sense of like going, you're a coward. That so, you're a coward. Yeah. So um, that flew on. Then the next year, so the next year, Laura, right? The, we, have the, we have the European Championships in March it's the road championships just for walks I finished fourth okay so I just missed I led it for 19k finished fourth got passed by three Italians with a kilometre to go then went to the European proper in Barcelona and I finished two fourths again and, um, is fourth the worst place to like mentally is fourth the worst place to finish well uh, sorry I'm going to have to jump in through two years now sorry I, I, I'm gone off in the dinghy now again one second so, till I get you come right, back come, back, come, come back. back so that was the Olympics right okay. so I missed the medal at the Olympics yeah massive kind of depression after it because okay. ultimately I, in my head it was like going sure you don't deserve to do well man. you're a plasterer's son your mum's a, your mum's a housewife you hung around in Balafian Park growing up like you're you're not destined to be important mm. like that carried on the next year and then I was away I was away in Mexico racing fierce down and depressed and going what's it all for and that spilt down into the summer and I remember being away in the summer and I was out in Spawa in Poland in May Spawa, Spawa. <laughs> and uh, I thought I was going like I, f- I really thought I was going to die like so I started oh. in Mexico where I started getting massive anxiety attacks it, it, it heightened by the time May came along and I had it for the year. It was really, really hard. Like, I have several questions. Right. First one is: Is fourth mentally the hardest place to come in a race because you were so close to a medal? Sometimes fourth can be brilliant, and sometimes it can be you put so, so much pressure on wanting to have that medal and wanting that life-changing experience that your body can completely cripple. You implode. With stress. Also, you know, the way like when you're training and there's all, the, you know, there's people doing your drinks and there's people doing your, uh, checking your lactics and all of this. Are you at any point getting uh, mental therapy through not, that? Not at that stage. So I, I, it's I not part of your, like it's not part of your regime at that point? No, no. So Interesting. Th- that was really hard. 2009 was really, really hard and I was going to retire in 2009 then because I went to the Worlds and it was really bad. 
um, and I ended up bringing the doctor who was Olympic team doctor and I told him about like the, when I had the real anxiety that like genuinely thought I was going to die yeah. Laura, like like feels like a heart attack oh yeah like I was yeah. gone and, and like you wouldn't be able to breathe and it was really it was it was horrible a really really horrible time like and when how how used to you know they were coming on but uh, that was the thing so I had to figure out so I rang the doctor and I told him and the doctor turned around to me and he he asked me did I have suicidal thoughts and I was like what do the opposite I don't I, don't, I never want to die by. I, like, it's a complete opposite so I, my, my trust then was gone in him straight away okay. when he picked up Bronx so then I just started googling everything which mm. can be dangerous <laughs> I'm well versed in medical googling I, I ordered a book anyway in anxiety and between the jigs and the reels and I, there's a lot of people who, who would have, have gone through this and are going through this the, what I took out of the book was if you go back o- over all the anxiety attacks that you had what was the end result you're still here so I'm still alive. I haven't died. For now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's how my head works. Well, you can have your story in a minute. This is where your head <laughs> You dodged is. another bullet. <laughs> the big message I took out of the book when I did get the anxiety, you had to call it on and go, right, take me. And really call that, that monster who's giving you the anxiety. Bring him on and if you're going to go, you're going to go. And then the next thing you're fine and you're not dead. <laughs> so wow. if you build that up yeah. and it's it was building up that resilience that like going when it did happen and it's it is so scary, like it's really scary. I was like, all right. Bring it on. You haven't killed me before. Is it going to happen? And and I think my confidence built up from that. I think there are people who are anxious and there are people who suffer with, we'll say, anxiety, capital A. So, you know, like you'd have normal nerves and worries about stuff. But an actual anxiety attack is like, it feels like a physical (laughs) thing. (laughs) Yeah, I've never had one. I I was actually with my manager and Brizzy. We were chatting about years ago. No, we were (laughs) out for a run in Phoenix Park. You had a panic attack in front of Brizzy, (laughs) the calmest man in Ireland. Ridiculous. So, so we were at uh, Derry, Derry McVeigh, my ma- uh, full name again. Derry, did you ever get it? And he was listening at Derry Pure level. Yeah. Great guy, brilliant note for me. And he says, ah, yeah, he says, I think I did when I was doing my leaving sort. I was like, that's not an anxiety attack, that's nerves. That's nerves, it's about like, doing an exam, that's normal. But you Brizzy, have have Brizzy got it, like. And of course he like, did, he sat you down to a 10 minute meditation <laughs> with you. And he was grand, thanks, <laughs> Niall. But do you know what? So we went through that, right? 2010, I had all of the forts. And if one fort went through that again, oh, you're useless. Another fort, another fort. And you just became immune to like going, all right, this and like... Uh, you're a fort guy. But the two forts, right, when you went back to your question, and you go, one fort, I was distraught. I felt I should have won the medal in the European Championships in Barcelona. I was won by a guy who was done for doping and I ended up getting upgraded to a medal. The other fort in the 50k, I had an unbelievable race. Okay. And I was like, there are two forts. How can I have diff- completely different emotions with both of them? So I delivered and performed in one of the forts and that made me feel a little bit happier. And then the following year, I went to the World Championships in Daegu and when I was out there three days before the race, team manager put me aside. My mum my mom died. She fell down the stairs. Oh, Jesus. And it was fucking the worst, the worst thing that I ever went through in my whole life. Like anything up to that point paled in insignificance. And then after that, Laura, like you're kind of going... Don't care. Did you race after your mum? I died? couldn't know. I came, you home. came home. Marion came home with me and flew oh. back out. Oh, and God. she ended up qualifying for the Olympics. So it was, a, it was a very, very hard time. But after that, do you know, sometimes you have massive events like when you think you're going to die every day, like you. And <laughs> <laughs> every day is a massive event over and here. Then you kind of go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I have to do. I'm going to do my training. I'm going to, you know, spend time with my family, do what's right for me. And sometimes you can drift away from that kind of real calm 
serene state of mind and ended up having a load of success then after that. So I needed... I needed to dead in my mum. Oh, God. <laughs> Dark, so, isn't it? So, so for that, man, you were always there for me. But this Even when I needed you to die. But uh, your Instagram during the week triggered all of these thoughts in me. Before we get on to my okay. epic hypochondria, when was the last time you had a panic attack? Do you mind me asking? I, I, I right now. Still... <laughs> <laughs> my mum, she's gone. I made my mum die. Stop, stop. Um, Touch wood. I think after experiencing it before, you're able to take control of it and you can be rational about it and kind of go, no, I've, I've had this before. So nothing, nothing Can you kind of dodge it? Can you spot a trigger first yeah, and then yeah, be yeah. like, I'll, I'll go do this. I'll yeah. go for a run. Or yeah, yeah. You could kind of go, okay, you can see the signs and you've experienced before and you, you can kind of quench it before it grows. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I haven't had a major one like back over 10 years, I suppose. Okay. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. So, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is ridiculous. Yours is funny, though. Mine is funny, but I've been given it serious thought, okay. right? Because as you know, I, I, my my health is very much in my mind all the time. So I've been trying to... So I always think I'm dying. Okay? She never has <laughs> anything <been> small. <laughs> never has anything small. Like at the moment there now, I'm a small bit hoarse and I'm like, oh, hello, throat cancer. That's the start of my journey, right? But I think a number of things. One, I think it is tied in with ego, right? Because I can always see the front page of the Echo, promising podcaster, uh, formerly of the radio, knocked down in her prime. Wait, you're right. I have thoughts on this yeah. as well. I leave you go. I, I know where it comes from. Go on. It, it comes from like a heightened sense of self. It's yeah. like, of course, I'm going to be plucked because I'm ready. Like, I don't need to live the rest of my life oh, no. because I God is going to pluck Mine me. Mine was the opposite. Oh, what? I think because... You're underdeveloped. My, my <laughs> <laughs> I felt like my life was unfulfilled and because I hadn't achieved anything really significant of where I felt I should be at that point, it brought massive anxiety. So it's because I cared so much about wanting to do so well and then when I didn't crippled me in stress whereas something because I used to wouldn't it be great not to give a shit about anything and smoke a few spliffs? Oh my and God. No or just to be thick. But I can't, to be I'd love thick. to be thick <laughs> and not have these. There's people like get ailments and they don't feel the need to bed down into them. That's I, interesting. You're the opposite. Well, but I do also have an unfair. I do also feel the race of time. I'm like, I'm 38 now and like, have I really achieved anything? So there is a bit of that. But the main one is, I actually think it's connected to Holy God, is that like, I obviously am a perfect specimen of a human being <laughs> and so the good ones always die young so he's going to come along and strike me down in my prime <laughs> like Freddie Mercury right this is my iconic status in my own head however right all jokes aside I've realised it's a corporate oh, <laughs> but both very unwell both very unwell my like mine kind of started as a uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mine is a coping mechanism for when real stuff happens, right? Okay. So, for example, my dad hasn't been very well. Yeah. So, therefore, I'm very unwell. <laughs> because instead of like Empathy. facing... No, it's not no denial. <laughs> instead of facing up to the fact that my dad is sick... Okay. 
I give myself an illness that I can fixate on. Okay. Okay. So it's like a it's distraction. It's like from reality. I, exactly. Yeah. I okay. think it is a bit of that. And also, like, I'm so susceptible to everything. Like, as in, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like to advertising and stuff. Okay. Like, if if I advertise something, I'm going to go get it right. And it's the same with these, um, like, awareness months. It's breast cancer awareness month at the moment now. And I'm like, You're oh yeah. And again, a bit of ego there. It's like, well, of course she got it in breast cancer awareness month <laughs> and she created more awareness than anyone ever but <laughs> get no sympathy off you here for all of my illnesses right and even as I'm saying this I'm like he'll listen back to this now in a couple of months time and he'll be like she was right <laughs> recording in your coffin that's the big thing play the recording play your voice in the why do you want to be buried at all <laughs> I want to be um, on somebody's shelf I want to be oh, in yeah, my ashes I want to be yeah I just I'll throw you onto the couch. Look at Rob there. Don't mind if he's very quiet. No, but you know what though? Genuinely, right? I think it stems from... So I'm afraid of dying, right? Yeah. Now, the real problem there is though, are you living if you're afraid of dying? Do you know what I mean? This is what Shane says to me. Is the sickness the fact that you think you've cancer or is it the fact that you keep obsessing about it? I'm afraid of dying because... I was exposed to a certain amount of death when I was very young. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. Stop laughing at my... Nostalgia. Yeah, well, so am I. My mum said to me the other day, she was like, sure, you wouldn't know what would be going on in your brain. <laughs> I was like, ma'am. I'm just thinking of the days when you came into Red FM. Yeah. And imagine being in the studio at six o'clock in the morning and you're pregnant <laughs> and you're, you can get cross like, <laughs> and you're brilliant then when you have to be on. And I was like, no, there's no movement in the baby. Yeah. And it's fine. Sure, I'm not that long pregnant anyway, sure. Yeah. I'll get on with like Cutthroat. <laughs> Devastated. Rubbing my arm, going, <laughs> what if she's right, like? like well, I did have a little right. early bleed and Freddie and I was very worried that, that I was very sad about that. And you, you definitely got the brunt of that, yeah. You were like, no, it's grand, it's, it's fine. Did I say that? Oh yeah And I didn't mean a bit of it (laughs) I know I'd have been devastated Jesus Christ (laughs) And poor Kara across the desk Will say nothing at all (laughs) And there's everything going on In my head (laughs) And you're just just Your face is getting closer To the newspapers (laughs) No So yeah But weirdly The healthiest I ever feel Is while I'm pregnant Because I'm checked My bloods are checked My wees are checked I'm checked I feel good Yeah I feel monitored, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. During COVID, I could bring me back to the death thing. During COVID, I bought a blood pressure monitor. To be honest, putting the blood pressure monitor on would be enough to get your blood pressure up, oh, right? Yeah. And I was getting all these really high readings. Yeah. So it was driving me cracked. My, my blood pressure is always high when I check it. And you should check because didn't somebody in your family have a heart attack? Uh, yeah. You see, this is the other thing as well is I also have like transfer type of I'm like, oh no, what if Rob dies just when the podcast has oh, started? Sure mm. Well, you've told me you're not going to die, but loads of people have told me that and then they die. So <laughs> I, so no, this is how it stems from with me. When I was small, my gran was sick, right? Fine. My mum's brother died when he was 40 and I was in the house when all that happened. Okay, so I was very aware of... Please stop laughing at my poor uncle. I was very aware of people dying young. Did he die in front of you in the house? Well, I was in the house. I sleepwalked at the moment that he died. I thought it was quite chic at the time. Uh, I was very involved in, like, I knew he was going to die. I was with my mum. Like, it was okay. very sad. What age were you? I'd say I was in confirmation, sixth class. Okay. Yeah. So then, as well, my mum and dad were teachers at two massive schools, massive schools. So there was always people dying. There was always members of their staff that had this, that and the other. So I was just really, really aware, more so than I think my kids are aware of, of, like, that you can get sick and die. Okay. Is that just the age, though? Because I remember when I was 12, when the Iraq war was going on, 
like I was terrified that we were all going to die then as well yeah I'd have had all the wars thing as well and I'd have also had a lot of like um, like what you call it uh, like watching court cases like Louise Woodward and all that remember the shaken baby like I'd have been <laughs> I'd have been bait into all of that and then <laughs> your sympathy levels are so low and then for example uh, when I got older you've like the likes of Jade Goody Jade Goody died on Mother's Day but she I left her baby I, I was thinking about this her baby is on Strictly Come Dancing now and I'm like I remember when your mother died but no, I think I think a lot of it comes like your hypochondria comes and it was heightened after Freddie was born because oh, yeah. you love your kids and your family so much you want to be there for them and there's a part of the brain that yeah. is similar to me having the anxiety yeah. it's because you care so much about your kids and you wouldn't want to be gone. Well, in 2000... And, and it scares you. That thought scares you. I wouldn't you. want to be gone. Exactly. I also don't want to, I don't want to miss out. I'm also like, what will you do without me? Episode number six. It's the ego as well. What will you do without me? Do you know what I mean? You'll do nothing. Like I've told Shane he's not to fall in love oh, again. Yeah. No way. Oh, no National way. Day of Mourning. Would yeah. you let Marion remarry? No. no. Not in a million. I said, you have to be sad for the rest of your life if anything happens to me. I'm sorry. That's just the roll of the dice, my friend. And I never really worry about Shane then. I just assume he'll be alive forever. If he had the cheek now. If Shane even has a cold, I'm like, what you have a cold for? Whereas I have a cold and I'm like, Shane, this is the start of my struggle with motor neuron. Like I have had everything. Also in 2009, a friend of Shane's died and I went to the doctor straight okay, away yeah, after scary. that. Yeah. But like it was, it, he drowned. Like it wasn't like that that was going to happen to me. But I went down to the doctor petrified and he basically, my poor GP, like he's really been through the wars with me. He was basically like, Laura, you're in your early 20s. You're young and healthy. You're fine. Right? I know I'm in trouble with the GP. I know I've been down too much when he gives me a freebie. Like, no. I've had two or three freebies. He's like, go on away. You were here Sandy last Dog week. Is saucy enough. <laughs> you were here last week. This one's free. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gone really bad now. But I do think it's a coping mechanism for when something bad happens. So now that I realise that, I should get on top of it. But will I? I won't. <laughs> I won't. It's, uh, she yeah. never learns. Just thinking of debt. I remember being at my. Um, did you ever see the Luke Kelly impersonator? In my head I thought of George Murphy but James he's, he's not impersonating name. him. <laughs> Can I say his full name, James? You, well, sure, what's stopping you now? <laughs> but it, my sister got married in 2000 and it was wrong the same time actually. Oh, oh my know. God. I this ties this. in. This ties into the frame of mind I was in. We were, well so it was 2009 I, as well when yeah, I was fucked. I flew home from Portugal for her wedding. I was out in Portugal training. I seen this guy, my massive Luke Kelly fan and he used to be singing and busking in Cork and he looked like him, acted like him, nearly had an obsession with him and his voice was incredible. So I had his number, went to one or two of his gigs and I invited him to come up to the afters of my sister's wedding and Roy Buckley was actually officially playing at the afters. So James came up with his Merlin Was banjo. he a surprise? For the sister or for you? It was for me. I was at the bar having <laughs> a few whiskeys like. Could um, you imagine being the sister just being inside going, I don't want this fucker here so at all. brought him up to Vienna Woods, right? Okay. So Roy's looked at so he came up, he sat at the bar with, uh, I was there, I don't know who else was with me, but I was there, break from training camp, I was going back afterwards, but I, I was, I was on the, uh, I was on the points, and I, I was drinking, and I don't drink whiskey, but I was drinking whiskey, and James pulled out the Merlin banjo, he said that was belong to Luke, and he started cool. singing, all of the people in the bar were fascinated because it was like as if Luke Kelly was there, he would foxy hair, the beard, the banjo, and Your his sister voice was, was raging. <laughs> but it was like, in fact, I was sure it was about me, like the way it was about me. <laughs> He was out and I was chatting to him and he was having a fag. He told me he uh, he had a brain tumour and that oh. he was going to die, Laura. And oh. I was... I, I'd floods of tears then as well. I was in an awful way. Yeah. And it was over to my school. 
It's just, he's going to say, it's not fear he's teasing. Sister he so fuming. So now Rob is crying at my wedding <laughs> over some fella he's brought with him. But, but it was because he was so talented. Like, yeah. Sure, he's flying over. I'd be watching him. And you, but oh. I'm happy. I'm happy like that he lied to me because he's still alive. But did he lie to you or did he get better? No, I was sure Luke Kelly died of a brain tumour. He was just oh, fully in he character. Was a Luke. method actor. Yeah. Amazing. But I'm happy he's alive and I'm happy he's singing because he's so good. But complete madness, like. But the sister is like, don't ever invite anyone to my wedding ever again. <laughs> but it was fierce upset, Laura, like. It was around that gas now. I never to tie in all of that in together. I swear my head was at that time. The dinghy is That's after it. pulling <laughs> back right. into the harbour. <laughs> figured it out. No need to go so after I this man. So I wasn't, Mentally, I wasn't right but at the, them years. You see, I feel, so I've had the baby now a good few weeks. Yeah. Freddie. In the immediate aftermath of having him, I was bawling, but very normal. Like, that was just hormonal. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh my God, I love him so much. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, in the yeah. same breath, what if I threw him down the stairs? Do you know what I mean? Like, I had that thought. So, like, that's just your... You snapped. Just, no, like, just like, we'll see what happened, like. <laughs> that's, that's your maternal instinct kicking in. I remember saying it on Instagram and then a load of girls got onto me going, oh, I have that about what if I threw him down the toilet? And I'm like, oh, brilliant. Now I have that as well. Like, I'm just very susceptible to things. And I couldn't go anywhere in the house for a while because it was like oh my god there's hazards everywhere but that's very normal right like, they, they're normal ones the hypochondria is not normal and she, like Shane gets Shane doesn't get cross about much but he gets cross about the hypochondria but have you not built up your resilience to it like uh, because you've had it so many on so many occasions it's like going okay and you've built nothing no. happened that time but you have to I tell you what maybe you're just not aware that you need to do that no what you I have to do it no, what I think is my my head goes well you dodge that bullet but the, this next one you won't dodge so everyone actually gets worse because I'm like you have to be right sometime eventually that freckle is to, not just a freckle you have to break the cycle well this is it now the only thing I will say though is when I come out of it I feel like I'm coming out of a spell of it now right because I did it was, it was, it was, but it's never without a reason the public health nurse I showed her a thing on my boob showed, the public health nurse was like go to the GP Hello, Spiral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to the GP and they said it was nothing. But she was like, talk to your other GP when you go back to him. Spirally, Spiral. Why am I still... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, there's always a cause. It doesn't just necessarily come out of my head. But now I feel like I'm coming out of that last bout of hypochondria. And when you look back now, it's almost like you'd be embarrassed. It's like, oh, sure, I was mental there. Yeah. But when you're actually mental in the middle of it, I'm convinced. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the, like... It's 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 real. I'm it's at the bedside. My like. kids are around me and I'm saying goodbye to them. I've written mm. them letters. And then I'm like, would I write them letters or would I just focus on being sick? Would You'd I have time do, to tell them? You'd save an Instagram story, would you? Error, they could go back to the archives. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I think it is all... Would you do an Instagram story on your deathbed? <laughs> Hi guys, I'm just this will be my last one. But you see, I've watched too many of them then as well. Like influencers on a on a journey that are like, guys, this is my last but like my Twitter feed is all like, hey guys, bad news. I won't be posting now anymore because I'm heading into palliative did you, care. Did you watch I bet like, your Twitter is not like that. Remember like when when lockdown and COVID came in at the start, you would guys like documenting their story to death or like they're lying in bed, I have COVID and I'm gonna document my COVID journey. And no. Didn't you? No. Oh, when but it was it was like see, at the height of it, no, when we were all terrified. But, the, but you see... And COVID and they're in bed and they're telling you you're, you're like... Going. I was not terrified during COVID. I'm brilliant when the shit hits the van then. Okay. I had a ball during COVID. I'm like, this is great. The bad thing has happened. Yeah, Because yeah, I yeah. felt like there was a bad thing coming. And then it came and I was like, brilliant. It's, it's manageable for us because yeah. we were lucky. Like nobody in our family got it. The house is in bubble wrap. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, sure, I can't get anything now. Should be very unlikely. I'd be very unlucky. So when the shit hits the fan, I'm actually great. It's in. It's the waiting for the shit to hit mm. the fan. And I, I add in the kind of like, I'm worried about that. But as Shane says, like, it's the actual disease is the constant worrying about my health. That's a terrible affliction. Yeah, no, it is. And it, that's the one thing that probably does eat into our happy bubble. Does he is, ever snap? Well, he'd just be like, Laura, you don't have motor neuron disease, you fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean? Because I'd be there and I'd be clenching my hands back and forth going, is that kind of a bit weak? Is that a bit weak? Are the muscles in that a bit yeah, weak? And he'd be yeah, like, yeah. shut up, like I'm watching the telly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That is the real illness. Marion would ignore me. Like if I came in like that time with problems or even that time in Spain, she'd, she would just ignore me. But you were having actual appendicitis. Oh, he was really having them. Like, Marie, and then I'd have to go to the doctor. Like, if I had anything, even with injury, she'd ignore me. Say, so, oh, God, he's going off again. Shane ignores me again. to a point. I'm very insistent. So, like, I'd have him checking. I'd have him looking up my arse. I'd have him looking down my throat. I'd have him like, what's that, love? Was that spot always there? And eventually he's just like, yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, okay. you're lying. You're lying and I, something's going to be missed now because of you. It's awful, but I feel like I'm after coming out of a bad cycle of it now. So hopefully it'll just That's settle it, down no, again. That's it, you've talked about That's it. That's it, is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'll it's flare up again. No, it's not. I'll flare up again in January. Sorry, I hate it's January. It's like sports. <laughs> it's like anything. Like I used to work with a sports psychologist in Spain and when, like when, you, when I go back to saying all of them forts and all of the six and when that big ba- it's the same thing it's a, it's a mental cycle when you get to the point and you want to do so well and then bad things happen I used to have an elastic band in my wrist and she'd get me to snap the band oh. and I was like going okay I'm not dealing with all of this negativity now because I need to do this sorry is the elastic band to distract you is that? it's, it's to rewire the brain like you know and straight away now I'm like if you left that on your wrist now too long it'd get very sore and no. then the blood could coagulate and then you could get a blood condition no, like, <laughs> th- these things are going on like so when you do get these thoughts yeah. they are going on yeah I do I do have these thoughts more than likely it's fine it has been fine the 20 times before and this if is it's really bothering me I'll go and check it out but it, it'll be fine it is there I'm not imagining it yeah you have to condition your brain because this is what my mum says to me is that more often than not life is boring and nothing and drastic you, yeah, happens. You see, you love, you love the bit of crack and drama with it. Now she story, said that to me yeah. and then COVID happened, right? And then she said it again and my dad got sick. So I'm like, you're a liar, ma'am, is what you are. Do you know what I mean? You're a fucking liar. But as well, I'm 38. Young. And I'm healthy. Yeah, you're very healthy. Like, sure you were running up Patrick's Hill for the photo shoot a few weeks ago. No bother. Not a bother on you. And she only just after having bits of placenta dripping down her leg. But seriously though, like, the logical part of my brain, which is a teeny tiny part of my brain, uh, is like, you're 38, you're healthy, you've had three very healthy babas, get over yourself. But the dramatic part of my brain, which is the bigger part of my brain, is now's the time. Front of the echo, she's a goner. Aggressive cancer, gone in a month. No. <laughs> it's no. terrible, isn't it? But you have to stop it, no. But how? But you just conditioning I won't <laughs> you might enjoy it though I don't just I stay actually, you do. <laughs> stay you the way you are don't you, you are. try reverse psychology on me <laughs> so I feel like we've solved nothing and everything there we've solved everything there you're grand and I'm still fucked no but you enjoy it so it's fine well at least I didn't kill my mum <laughs> <laughs> Red, Red Raw with Rob and Laura